Welcome to Coaches and Conversations, where we remove the veil and talk about what it's really like to be a woman building a business online. Because here, it's not just business, it's personal. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach and Business Strategist, Tavana Denise. Let's dive in. Christina, I'm so glad to have you on here. We, <laughs> the last time we talked, we're like, oh man, we could have gone for a whole nother hour. So here we I go. know. We get another hour <laughs> to, chat, to, to chat with one another. And, and so before I really dive into everything, I would love for you to tell the people who just a little bit about yourself and how and who you are in the online space. Yeah, absolutely. So I have been in business for about six years. We specialize now in real creation as in Instagram reels and also in coaching women to really show up as their most authentic selves online and the journey and mindset that that can really take you through. Awesome. And so it's so interesting. We cross paths online through the interwebs somewhere. And then all of a sudden, I say all of a sudden, but your business takes (laughs) you all over the world. And you were going to be in Tulum, which is about 45 minutes from where I stay in Playa del Carmen. And so I was like, let's meet up. And you were like, okay. And so (laughs) I really, I want to appreciate you for being open to that, to that connection and getting together. And it made me think as I was thinking about getting on this with you about like what it means to have fun in business and also Mm. like, because it looks like your business is so fun. So tell me, like, was it always that way? How did you get it there? And really, too, like, what is a little bit of the downside, if you will, of having so much fun in your business like we've talked about privately? Yeah, absolutely. So first off, I want to ask, can I curse on you? Or not really? (laughs) Yes, I should have told you that. (laughs) Okay. I was like, I went to say mindfuck earlier, and I was like, mindset. (laughs) Yeah, so it's... I think fun has always been a core value and always will continue to be a core value in in my life. And it seems like a, a such a no-brainer, right? With with the business. And definitely wait, has wait, not wait, wait. no, 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 I no? Get you off right then. Cause I'm like, you're like, it's a no-brainer in business. And so often I'm having to coach people around like, let's have some fun in your business because we just left the job that we hate. So why are we creating a business that we hate? So yeah. wait. I'm just like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I I I can completely appreciate that because I've found myself stuck sometimes in a place where I think the number one red flag for me is when I'm not having fun anymore. And when I don't feel lit up, right, by the work, when I don't feel so fucking excited to start my day and to dive in, when I don't feel that, that's a red flag for me of like, hold on, what's what's going on? And I and I take the time to check in with myself, check in with my team, because they're usually feeling whatever I'm feeling. But yeah, it's a I that's kind of my life motto, right? Entrepreneurship can be so fucking hard. It can be really fucking hard. So if we're not at the very least having fun at this, what the hell are we doing, right? We could easily be have a security and a salary because we are smart fucking women and we could be turning that shit off at 5 p.m. So this has to be fun. It has to be a fucking blast, right? Let me ask you this, though, about the fun piece, because I'm all about fun, too. And it it almost feels like either people think that they have to be grinding it out in their business or it's loosey-goosey and we're having fun. And so just for clarification, 
it sounds like your business is fun, but there's also some work that happens too, right? Yes, but I I believe in ease in that work. I believe in ease. And I believe that, you know, on one hand, we have been kind of groomed a bit by this patriarchal, you know, thought that in order to be successful, we do have to grind and it has to be hard and lessons have to be hard or else they're not really worth it. Right. Like that's kind of the message that I was told my whole life. But what I get to do in business is create this environment, this, you know, my own version of a container where like, no, these lessons can be so easy. This work can be easy. It can flow and we can have a damn good time while we do it. I mean, does that mean that sometimes right, we have seasons? So sometimes we'll have a busy season. But good Lord, I got to know exactly when the date of that ends just to get through it and be like, okay, yes. And like my ultimate goal in business is to get to a place where it's just ease, ease and flow, ease and flow all the time. So can you say a little bit more about what ease and flow means or looks like to you? Because I think people conflate ease with easy. Yeah. Um Ease to me, I think to every person it looks different. Ease to me means working three short days a week. You know, ease to me is it being a no brainer that I can take, you know, two weeks off and go to Columbia and work a total of 30 minutes over those two weeks. You know, that's what Mm -hmm. ease means to me. Ease to me, to me means being myself, right? Like authenticity is thrown around so much these days, but being myself and allowing people to come to me, right? To to be able to attract that instead of, go, you know, versus like the grind and having to go after and what about this person? And just kind of like, I'm like doing a hand motion that's like scraping and clawing, right? To get people in. Like I, that to me is like the opposite, the very opposite of ease, so... I mean, I think part of me is really trying to go back because like this is this, Christina. And even a couple of months ago when we were talking like, oh, like grinding it out, like that's not necessarily grinding out, but the work was coming so much where there was fatigue involved. And so I guess part of me is wondering, like, was there a point like was this an evolution where you got to the point where there's ease and flow and you weren't? Um, clawing or grinding it out and going after clients to where now you put in so much work where they're now coming to you? Or like, what was the path like? Because I don't think in terms of people that are listening, everybody's not mentally in that space. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's been several evolutions of Elixir, right? Where where for me, that growth took me doing my personal self-work right? To be able to see what we could be, right? So you're absolutely right. I mean, we're in year six and now we are in a place of ease and that place of ease came from a lot of different things. But honestly, the biggest thing was I just had to get out of my own damn way. I really had to let go, truly let go of these blocks that I had, you know, set in my mind, you know, whether they were blocks about money. Like I, I, really had a major block about probably the biggest one that kept me in that grind mentality, that burnout mentality was if I stop working, the money will stop coming. And that was down to my core, right? I had seen my parents go from nothing, but, but the, and they, they sacrificed everything to put work first. And so that was kind of like, like the only contract that I had ever been shown. And so I signed it, right? I want to be successful. So I'm going to work 
my ass off. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get there. And, and I'm willing to put it first. And I just hit wall after wall after wall. And finally, right, finally, after six years of that hard work, I can sit back because I really know for a fact that we are a fucking powerhouse. What we make is magic. And when people get in that essence or they see the result of what they do, they, they're drawn to it and they want to be a part of it. And having that faith in self, right? Having that faith in self, even when you have the lowest months that you have had in a year and still being able to believe that, that was what, what elevated us to this next evolution of where we are now. And there's all these actionable things, right? Like, like my team used to call me booking Christina, right? Because I would fill the fucking books, girl. I would fill it as much as I can. And we were so busy and it was so glorified. And I just said enough, you know, I just said enough. I was looking at my team and they're tired and I'm tired and we're not enjoying this. And we're angry at our clients because we're so overworked. Right. And I just said enough. Like there's, there was just this realization that came over me where I truly let go. Right. Of, of all of those mind fucks that I had been given and also willingly received. I let go of them. And, and now I am in this place of ease. Yeah, it's, it's, it's making me think about a little bit of what you alluded to, like the belief, the contract that you signed where you're like, if I stop working, then the money will stop coming. And could you tease apart, if you can, if you can remember, how did you start undoing that belief? Because that feels like, I remember you talking about that. So that feels pretty recent. Yeah, very, very recent, right? So you said tease apart the belief. Yeah. How did you, you signed a contract, watched your parents, they, they sacrificed a lot to work. And then the contract was, I have to work hard to be successful. And therefore, if I'm not working hard, then the money will stop coming. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of, there was a lot of like beliefs within that belief, right? It was, it was a very complicated belief in me. And of course, like so many of us that tied back to self-worth, you know, I was only as successful as my business is and success meant the money that we make, right? I am only successful as long as I am being productive, right? So, and, and to me, success was everything, you know, I needed to be successful to the people around me. You know, I was really afraid more of failing because of what people would think seeing me fall than my own anything within my heart, you know? So I just had to kind of dig and dig and and get down to to the root of those things and chip away at them one by one, right? And what that looks like for me personally is finding proof. Step one, I always find proof that my, my mind is lying to me, right? Okay. Yeah. So I look for proof. And then the second thing I do is, is I start compounding this proof until I get to a point where I can believe it 0.001%. And, and then once I got that, girl, I know I've got it. Because if I can believe 0.001%, I can work my way up to believing 100%, no problem, right? But all it, mm. it's hard to find that first 0.001% when everything in your life and all of these people in your life along the way, right, were confirming this story. 
And I didn't have really any examples growing up and even a lot of examples being an entrepreneur of people who had who had done it without the grind, mm. you know? Well, I just wonder where were those when you were worried about people, what other people would think if you failed? Mm-hmm. Were they like I, I have, I'm sure a lot of us talk like I, I'm talking to you. I hear other people say this all the time. People, mine is people talking shit about me or people. Is it for you? Was it people closest to you, like family, friends, or was it just the infamous day, like the, the ambiguous day? No, it's not ambiguous at all. I have this really great quality where I really don't give a fuck what people think of me as long as they are the day, but the people that I know and the people that I hold close, I care a lot. I care a Mm -hmm. lot what they think of me. So what that, who, who were those people? Let's start with like my, let's start with my, my parents, you know, my father, who I felt like really only started to take me seriously once I was making more money than him. You know, my husband started his business two years after I started mine, you know, blessed to be a motherfucking breadwinner. I make more money than him. But my dad never asked me about my business every time we went home, but always asked him about Jake's. Or if I said that I wanted something, he would be like, oh, Jake can buy you that, you know? And I would, it's so right. It just kind of confirmed. Oh, right. Like I need to make more money to take them seriously. You know, start with, with my close friends who even look up to me. And I felt like I couldn't, I I'm, I'm an, I was on a pedestal, right? There's only one way down. So I was grinding and chasing that because I was terrified of falling, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and also my team, God, we, a lot of people like to say, oh, we're like family, blah, blah, blah. No, me and my team are family. We are, we are blood. You know, when yeah. you, when you travel. I've seen it in, I've seen yeah. it in real life. It's true. <laughs> yeah. When we, when you travel with people seven days a week and you eat, drink, sleep and work with them, you got to be blood. I'm sorry. At least in my world, you do. And so one of the biggest pressures as the business started to grow was, was exactly that was disappointing my team. Right. And then that still fed into not only now when I was a solopreneur, if if I don't make the money, I don't eat. Now it's if I don't go get the money, they don't need, their families don't need, their kids don't need. That's a lot of fucking pressure. And so I grinded. I I mean, I I hustled harder than anyone I knew. Like that that pressure drove me, but it also drove me to crack like every couple of weeks, you know, I'm having breakdowns and burnouts every two weeks on the dot, mm-hmm. like clockwork. So how did you shift out of that? Two questions. How did you shift out of that? And what does success mean to you now? Or what does it look like now? That's my favorite question, but I'll do the first one first. How did I break out of that? Honestly, by hiring coaches who would tell me the truth. Two things, right? Because I've had two types of coaches. I have coaches who call you out and it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. They have coaches who call you out and they and they make you feel a lot of shame, you know? And and they don't really hear you. And that was I had a lot of trauma with that with working with coaches and then I have coaches who just hold up the mirror and they allow you to see it within you and they hold space for you and they're loving and they're there to catch you and and they have multiple ways, so many infinite ways of, of, of getting out of the situation. And so 
I have invested in that second type of coach and therefore I am now collapsing time. Mm -hmm. I have lived in the last week lifetime and I'm able to evolve so quickly and move to the next level so quickly and do it with such ease. And not that it's not, this is where I think you're asking me, not that it's not hard because I probably Mm -hmm. cried every 15 minutes of the last two weeks, right? That's what happens. Breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. It's intense. Yeah. But it's not taking me 20 years, right? It's taking me seven days. And to me, that's what ease is, is learning those lessons and and opening yourself up to kind of the heartbreak of what you've been through and how you've gotten here. And then literally like a phoenix being reborn into this new evolution of yourself. Beautiful. So I still want you to answer the question about what success looks like now, but because you brought it up, I do want to talk a little bit about trauma and coaching because I, because I've experienced that as well there. And and I never would have put it together the way you did. Like there's two types. And, and I think about this when I went through my trauma certification where people are like basically leaving you open, vulnerable, exposed. And then they just like leave you there bleeding out versus the person that's like right there with you. And, and it's, it is a skill. It is. And, and it's really like, to me, when I see that happen, when I have seen it happen, when I've heard of it happen, and I'm like, who, who benefits from that? Was that just to feed the coach's ego to say, oh, I, I called her out and just left her there filleted open, bleeding out? Or like, was I, what What was the purpose of that? I'm like, there's so many different ways to do it. So if you're open and sharing, can you tell me a little bit, like, like not the details necessarily, but like, what are your yeah. thoughts? Let me just say it that way about the different types of coaching that you mentioned. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right. You know, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily know what the point is. I think part of it, yes, is it feeds ego. I think that some of it is just like the coaching world has exploded and and there's people out here coaching and they're not even really understanding the damage that they're doing, but it is incredibly damaging, incredibly damaging. Yeah. I, I really think it's just that, you know, and, and now looking back, I feel, I feel sad for those coaches, you know, that, that treats their groups that way because it always makes me think, you know, I'm a very empathetic person first, always. I, I try to, I automatically go to what is this person thinking and feeling? And it makes me sad because I think, damn, that's how they coach themselves. That's how they talk mm. to themselves, you know, and it makes, and it, it truly makes me sad. But yeah. Yeah, know. it's a, it's, so I guess since you've experienced both, both types and you've gone out to hire like, you know, okay, this is what I prefer over here. The coach can hold the space that'll hold up the mirror that will show me, right? Which is what I believe the type of coaching that I was trained in. How do you seek those types of coaches out? Like, are there some signs or signals or? Yeah, absolutely. So first, I don't jump into any type of coaching program without experiencing a coach first. So for example, I just went on a retreat and was able to experience their container without being in it yet. You know, I was able to experience their coaching without having made any type of monthly commitment yet. And that feels really, really good to me. 
Yeah. So that's what I do. I just, I, I make sure that I experience them before with a smaller commitment before diving into some type of container. Yeah, absolutely. It is so, I mean, I, I very reverent in this conversation right now because I've experienced it myself and I've witnessed it and it's, it is serious. Um, and so thank you for, for sharing that. Just like the opportunity to work with people in a smaller scale before diving all the way in. Yeah. So with that, I'm, I know the people are dying to know, like, what does success mean or look like to you now? I love, this is the one I was saying, this is my favorite question ever, because I have always been on a mission to redefine success, even when it was so built deep in me, right? That success is equal to the amount of money that I bring in. I was still trying to redefine it. And so to me, what success looks like is having a lot of space on my calendar, right? Like to just be like what success looks like is being excited and stoked, like to show up to every call, like just like beaming with energy and being able to do work. This is key. Being able to do work that fills my cup up and energizes me more instead of takes from me. Success to me personally is being able to spend an excessive amount of time with the people that I love. It is getting to travel to new places and eat hella good food, right? (laughs) (laughs) And now the success, I guess, that I'm after is being able to provide every woman on my team with the same level of success that I have. You know, I I Mm. want to. To me, success is freedom in the end. It's freedom. And anytime, you know, we were talking about red flags earlier. Another red flag for me is anytime that I start to feel trapped or feel I don't feel free in my own business. I feel like, oh, I can't do that because I have to do this, right? When those thoughts and statements start coming up, I'm like, oh, red flag. What's going on? And then the conversation is immediate, right? I sit down with my team and I say, this is how I feel. This is a, a gap. In our and what how we're doing things, and they're so used to this question. I ask them all the time. I say, okay, let's look at our system and figure out where the holes are. And then the second question is, okay, how can we fill them? Okay, and then what are we going to implement? And I and that's one reason why I feel like we've been able to grow so fast and pave the way at the same time and pivot like crazy. Pivot, pivot. I know that people are tired of that word, but I love it. I mean, agility to me is one of the best skills that someone can have, especially in entrepreneurship. Um, well, that sounds just like the manifesting generator that you are. <laughs> now, hey. that you, now that you go <laughs> down there, you would design rabbit hole a little bit. Oh my gosh. Just like, and I, it was so funny when we were talking that one time and, and I was saying like, it, it's it's a gift. It's not a curse that your your mind likes to pivot. It likes the agility. It likes to be able to to implement quickly. And you come up with ideas all the time. And people need to be able to catch up, mm-hmm. keep up, and catch up. And I I think it it is so cool. Like I don't use human design as like my bible or anything, but it's it's really interesting to see how it can just help you. For me, at least, it was permission given. Like, oh, okay, that's why I do that. That's how I operate. Okay, let's lean all the way into it. There is nothing wrong with me. That's how I was designed. Let's go. I love, Ooh. I've told, I think I've told at least 10 people about that specific thing that you just said. When you said that to me, I don't even know. It could have been weeks ago. It could have been days ago. 
when you said that to me and I was like, oh, what an interesting way to approach this. What an interesting way to look at this. And I swear, I'm like in Columbia, like this woman said to me, you know, I, yeah, I think that's absolutely what it is. And, and then my next thought too, is like, how curious that we need permission, right? To trust ourselves. To be who we are. To be who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about team because you mentioned your team is like your family. And I know your team went through some evolutions too. So tell me a little bit about what your team used to look like and the big decision that you had to make and what that was like for you. A hot fucking mess. (laughs) That's what my team used to look like. 18 people and God, how successful I felt because I had a team of 18 people and it was a hot fucking mess and I didn't like it. And, you know, I had people on my team who I'm convinced they didn't like me and I didn't like them. But here we are because, you know, this is how I was taught to hire. Right. So previous to this, I used to flip businesses, right? Like the way that people flip houses, I would come in, there would be an underperforming business. And in a matter of weeks, I would flip it into a top performing business. So I was taught in this very, you know, working for this company to do this with brick and mortars was really fucking intense. And I was really young and it turned me into a shark in all of the worst ways. And they taught me, you know, okay, well, this is what you look for on a resume, right? This is how you should hire people. And and it wasn't bad advice. I think it's how most people run businesses. But when I did it that way, right, the way you're quote unquote supposed to hire, the, the traits you're supposed to look for, what makes a good employee, I had a team that looked so much like any other you know, business team in the US. I think you could go into any retail store and see that same type of team, you know, and, and that, you know, I, I have a love for the extraordinary and, and I believe that you can live an extraordinary life in every single way. And my team was not extraordinary. It was normal, right? It was average. And once I started saying, you know what, I do everything else my way. Why am I still hiring like this? I scrapped that and I started hiring for things that you cannot, you can't teach to people, you know? And once I started to do that, and then I started to build my family, you know, and and I... What do you mean by that? Hiring for things that you can't teach to people? mm, Things like, things like loyalty, things like self-motivation, things like wanting to be a bigger part of something great. You know, things like um, trailblazers and um, encouragers and and just people that are a fucking vibe, you know, that's that's the biggest thing. Now, you can be you can be a plus 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 in every single area. Right. So we're at a place where we no longer have to look for new team members. They come to us. Right. I get I get people all the time. Hey, I want to do an internship. Hey, I want to be a part of the team. And the one filter, if you will, that they cannot pass through, if this is not right, is they have to be the same frequency as the rest of us. Because if, if there's one person that comes in and starts fucking this shit up, I'm not here to play. Like what we have built and what I've been so careful to cultivate and, I'm, and I pour into it and I'm so insanely protective of it is that, that frequency and that vibe. And, you know, you can't see that on a resume. That makes a lot of sense. I just love the way you think about that. So it, it makes me think of the whole, like the, 
the feminine flow and the feminine leadership that you were talking about. So tell me how that plays into it. We're very unconventional. <laughs> we're insanely unconventional. And and probably, you know, the conversations that would happen in this office would make a lot of women uncomfortable. But yeah, I I believe in really leading from the heart, you know, and I believe in creating systems that empower my team. You know, I see this as a journey for all of us. You know, I do the way that we're, we're kind of structured, even with planning um, and, and new moves that we're constantly making, right? Because I love to pivot. I may come up with the idea or I may set the goal, but it is always a conversation, a team conversation of how we get there. I allow them the space to come up with solutions and innovations on their own and guide them along the way. And so when I started to shift and lead in this way is when I really saw them change overnight. I saw them change overnight, right? And I could, of course, I have the exact systems, right? It's not, it sounds all nice and it sounds like a lot of fluff, but there are real systems that I created myself on an airplane, you know, from, from Virginia Beach to, you know, Tulum that you know, spreadsheets that I then gave them and they work through and I work through and we sit through them together that have been, that have gotten them to where they are and gotten therefore gotten the, the business to where it is. Yeah. That's awesome. okay. Yeah. Which makes it, which brings me to my last question because you and I could talk forever, of course, mm-hmm. from Virginia Beach to Tulum. And we talked about this when you were in Tulum about how you were there working on your business and you have a little person at home. How old is your little one? She just turned three just a month ago. Oh, yeah. She's so, that, that's my little age where I love picking up the little squishies. Okay. So we were talking about how you have the little one at home and it. so many people have thoughts that they love to share with you about you having a business that takes you away from home and has you travel and stuff like that. So I would love to hear what your, what your response, your thoughts and or responses are to people when they're, they have, they want to share their opinions with you about how you run (laughs) your business and your travel and your, your little one at home. Yeah. It's, it's the number one question I get asked, right. Which is, is funny, but also not funny. The number one question I, I ask, you know, we we travel the world, you know, I know we talk about Tulum a lot. I just got back from Colombia. We're going to Italy in a couple of months. You know, our clients fly us out to create reels for them and, and in amazing places. And so, you know, sometimes I'm gone two weeks out of the month, but I'm def- I travel a lot. And the number one question I always get is, oh, where's Violet? And I'm always like, with her, like with Jake, where do you think she is? You know, like, oh no, I just left her on the side of the road, you know? Um, yeah. And, and I'm always, it still just surprised me so much that there, there aren't questions around like, you know, they come later. The questions about how did you build this? How did you, how do you reach people? You know, how do I get seven figure clients, eight figure clients? But the number one question first is always like, well, where's your kid? And I think what stands out to me most about that is that if I was a man, that would never even be a question, right? right? They would know the fucking answer. Yeah. I just had to leave it right there because I think that's a, that's a, 
a conversation. I don't have any kids, but I think that is something for people to think about. And I wanted to make sure that we talked about that today because it's probably women more than men that are asking you that question. And I'm wondering to myself, why? What's that about? It's only women, right? I really only have women in my audience. We prefer, you know, we just love working with women. I think we're so powerful. And yeah, and it just shows like how, and, and, and successful women, you know, and even other moms, which is just crazy to me. Even, even when I talk about the success of what I built, one of the first questions is always like, oh, but, oh, but you have a daughter. And I'm like, yeah, uh uh-huh. I do. Yes. And I have, I have, I believe I am one of the best moms that there is, you know, like I, I love my daughter when I am with her. This is the response I always give. Cause they always want to be like, well, how do you, they're, the second question always like, oh, but you don't feel guilty. You don't miss mm-hmm. them. And I'm like, like what? and it's like clockwork. These questions come and I'm like, of course I miss them. And of course I miss them. And I am showing my daughter what is possible. Of course I miss them and want to be with them. And the, the mom I, I am becoming because of the self-work that I can do here is going to give, it's going to collapse time for her in the way that I'm going to be able to love her and guide her and support her through her life because of what I'm doing now, right? There, there's, there's the word and gets left out of the mom conversation way too often. And it's one of the reasons why when I personally found out I was pregnant, had no plan on having children, I fell into one of the deepest, darkest depressions of my life because I didn't see that and conversation. So I believe that if I was a mom, I could only be a mom. And there goes my self-identity. There goes my sleep, right? There goes any plans I had for myself. So I am hell fucking bent and determined to not just be a trailblazer, but I am literally out here, girl, with a fucking machete, like, like going through the bush, you know, just to show people like what, that there is an and and what is possible. And it is very, very possible for me to be an incredible mom and travel two weeks out of the month and make a lot of fucking money. Right. It's all possible. Amen. I appreciate you for that. Yeah. So before I ask you my last question, can you please tell the people where to find you? Yes. On the gram. I live on the gram. Of course. At Elixir Media Co. You know, um, I'm always on there. Hop in, say hi. Don't be shy. I'm on there every single day. Anyway, I, I would love to talk to you. Love to talk to you about anything, about momhood, about the ease and the flow, about growing a business, showing up online, making reels. I'm here for it all. Awesome. So just the the last thing I just want to ask you is if you could go back to Christina maybe seven years ago or six years ago and give her one piece of advice, what would it be? To trust yourself, really, truly. I'm still learning. I'm still, I'm still a student in that way. But to, you know, try your best, you know, to to not seek that validation and to look to others for what to do because it's all it's all right here. It's all inside of you. You know the truth. You know what to do. Just trust it. So beautiful. Thank you so, so much for sharing some time and wisdom with us. I will talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you for having me. 
And if you want to continue the conversation with us, join our private community at TavanaDenise.com forward slash join. This is your place to get real, get honest, and share what's on your mind and heart as a woman building a business online. I can't wait to meet you on the inside.